All right. Well, it's good to uh, to see all of you here tonight. Um, so there's there's a lot of emotions and kind of feelings coming in tonight. It's been a, a weird couple of weeks since we've uh, we've made the announcement. Um, you know, a part of me is incredibly excited about my my new role. Thank you, Pablo. At our uh, Apollo Beach campus, I'm excited to to be stepping into that. But any time in life where you step into something new, um, it means that you leave something behind. And sometimes in life, you leave behind things that like you're tired of and you don't like and you never enjoyed and you're like super excited to get out of there. Uh, but then there's times in life where what you're leaving behind is a, is a really good thing. Um, it's something that you, you've loved and, and enjoyed. And, and that's been the, the case um, in my life. Student ministry for the past six years has been what my entire life um, has revolved around. So stepping into this new opportunity, this new role, means leaving behind something I, I, I care about a lot and something I'm going to, to miss a lot. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you a heads up. I cry maybe twice a year, and tonight there's a good chance this will be one of the, the two times. I'll save the, the tears for, for the end. But, um, you know, the last few days I've been thinking about, okay, what do I want to say with my final message to, to the students. I've been racking my brain, um, and, and to be honest, there's been no incredible revelation from God of, oh, you need to speak on this. Um, so here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm just going to give you one last charge, one last challenge um, as your student pastor to you all, and then at the end just want to share a, a few things just from, from my heart um, before I, I, I transition out of this role. So tonight, what I want to do is talk about um, the importance of building your life on a firm foundation. The importance of you as a middle school student, high school student, to be building your life, establishing a firm foundation for your life. So if you have your Bibles with you or you got your iPhone, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 7. We'll have these verses on, on the screen as well. And we're going to be looking at the very end of Jesus' most famous sermon. His most famous sermon is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And here Jesus uh, was teaching a, a, a group of people. And during this sermon, Jesus gave um, what are some of his most well-known and famous lines. Things that I'm sure you've heard of, even for people who aren't believers, these are things they're familiar with. Jesus said, do not judge or you will be judged. I'm sure you've heard somebody say that before. Maybe you've said that to somebody. Jesus told us to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. Jesus gave us the, the golden rule of do to others as you would have them do to you. All throughout this sermon, Jesus is just providing this, this truth, these key teachings that set up his ministry. But then at the very end of his sermon, as he's wrapping things up, as he's landing the plane, he finishes by saying this. Chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You know, whenever you, you build a house, and I do not pretend to be any expert on anything to do with construction, but whenever you build a house, the most critical and important part of that house is the foundation that's laid. Because you can have the nicest floors in the house, you can have sturdy walls, you can have a secure roof, like you can have a beautiful house. But if there's issues with the foundation, if that foundation is not firm and secure, you're going to run into a lot of problems down the road. You're going to deal with cracks in the house. You're going to deal with uneven floors. You're going to have drainage issues in the house. Your house could potentially like sink into the ground if you don't lay that foundation on the right kind of soil, the right kind of ground. Where you build a house, the foundation that you lay is the most important part of the house. And the quality of the foundation is really what's going to determine the quality of the house. And here in this parable, Jesus teaches us about these two kinds of houses. Now on the outside, both houses seem great. They seem sturdy. They seem secure. Based on the parable, they're like waterfront property. They're right there on the beach. They seem like these great places to live. But the difference is their foundation. One of the houses was built on the rock. The other house was built on the sand. And when the storm eventually came, it revealed the quality of the foundation. And when the rain came, when the winds blew, the house that was built on the sand, Jesus says that it came crashing down. And tonight, I, I just wonder this. This is the question I want us all to consider. What are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? Like, what kind of foundation are you establishing for your life? Is it a firm foundation, one that's secure and constant and, and, and steady? Or is the foundation that you're building your life on a fragile foundation? a shaky foundation, a foundation that may be uncertain. You see, each and every one of us, every single one of us in this room, we are building our life on something. We're building our foundation on, on something. You know, for many people, they build their life, they build their foundation on their achievements and their accomplishments. Like how well they do in school, how well they excel in the sport they play, the kind of colleges they can get into, the, the career that they have, they build their life on what they can achieve and what they can accomplish. For other people, they, they build their life on, on their reputation, how well-liked they are, the number of followers they have, how popular they are, how they're perceived by others. Their whole life is built upon their reputation, what others think about them. For some people, they build their life on their possessions, like the, how much money they have, their shoe collection, the cars they drive, the kind of house they have. For some people, they, they, they build their life on, on faith, on their belief in God. For some people, they build their life on relationships, on the friendships in their life, on a dating relationship, on, on family. Each and every one of us, we are building our life. We are laying a foundation on something. And I just wonder, what are you building your life on? Because you see, the quality, students, 
The quality of your foundation is going to determine the quality of your life. Like if your foundation for your life is fragile and shaky and uncertain, it's going to produce a fragile life. But if your foundation is firm and steady and constant, it is going to produce a life that is steady and firm and constant. And look, you you can get away with a fragile foundation early on in life. Like you can go through your middle school years, your high school years, sometimes even through your college years, into your 20s with a fragile foundation and really not pay any attention to it, not even notice any effects on it. You can keep building on that foundation even though it's fragile. But here's what's going to happen. Every single one of us at some point in life, we are going to go through a storm. Some of you have already been through a significant storm in your life. Some of you, that storm is a number of years away. But at some point, every single one of us in life is going to walk through a storm. We're going to walk through family issues where maybe our our family becomes broken and fractured or, or there's a strained relationship. Maybe you're going to experience some kind of loss in your life, a loss of a friend, a, a loss of a family member. Maybe you might deal with some kind of health issue, a, a physical issue, a, a, a mental issue, but you're going to walk through some kind of, kind of struggle. And here's what's going to happen. When you walk through that storm, and we're all going to walk through the storms, the storm is going to reveal the quality of your foundation. It's going to show what your foundation is truly made of. And if you have built your life on a foundation that's fragile and shaky and uncertain, when that storm comes, man, you're going to be left to pick up a lot of pieces because everything around you will come crashing down. Listen, we need to build our lives on a firm foundation on something that is certain, on something that is unchanging, so that regardless of what kind of storm we walk through in life, no matter what we see and experience in life, we can endure and we can persevere. So how do we do that? How do we build a life on a firm foundation? What are the kind of things that we need to build upon? I want to give you just three very simple things tonight that if you want to have a firm foundation, these are the things that you need to build your life upon. The first one is this. You need to build your life upon God's word. You need to build your life upon God's word. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 1 says. He says, all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass is going to wither away. The flowers are going to fall. All people are going to pass away. All glory is going to fade. But the word of the Lord, the word of God, it endures forever. You see, unlike the things in in this life, things like our achievements and relationships and our possessions, God's word, it's eternal. It's unchanging. It's constant and endures forever. And it is the source of all truth. Like in God's word, you can find out who you are, who you've been created to be. You can find out who God is. You can find out your purpose for life. You can find out God's plan for salvation. Like the Bible answers all of life's greatest questions, and it provides a firm foundation for you to build your life upon. And if that's the case, if the Bible holds all these answers, if it holds all this truth, if it's something that we can build our our lives upon, 
man, how much time are we actually spending in it? Like, how much of a priority is God's word in our life? Because you can't build a foundation on God's word if you're not spending time in God's word. And you can say as a Christian, you can say as somebody who goes to church, God's word is important to me, I believe in it, I trust in it. But if you're never spending time in it, if it's not getting into your mind, if it's not getting into your heart, then you can't build your life on something you're not spending time in. You see, the quality, the strength of your foundation is directly tied to the amount of time that you spend in God's word, letting it speak truth to your life. Now, I love how, how David says it in Psalm chapter 1. David says this. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, whose joy is in the law of the Lord and who meditates, they dwell on his law day and night. That person who's delighting in God's word, who's dwelling, meditating on, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in the season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Students, we must spend time in God's word in order to lay a firm, secure foundation. But we can't stop there. You see, it's not enough just for us to hear God's word taught on a Sunday or a Wednesday. It's not enough just for you to read God's word in your quiet time in the morning. You need to put it into practice. You need to obey God's word. Because notice what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say, hey, blessed is the one who hears my word. He doesn't say that. He says, blessed is the one who hears my word and puts it into practice, who obeys it, who does something with it. When they hear God's word, it comes to their mind, it goes into their heart, and then it transforms how they live. It changes their actions. It changes how they speak. It changes their, their attitudes and, and their priorities. But listen to what Jesus does say. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You see, I, I think we've made the mistake in church of equating spiritual maturity with how much we know about the Bible, with how many verses we have memorized, how much Bible trivia we know, how many of the stories that we can recite from memory, how much theology we have. But Jesus is saying, you can know all the right stuff. You can read it, you can hear it, but if you're not applying it, if you're not obeying it, if you're not putting it into practice, then he says, then you're a fool. In fact, he would say, you're worse off than the person who hasn't heard it. Because the more you know, the more you hear, the more you are accountable. You see, spiritual maturity is not about how much knowledge that you have. Spiritual maturity is about your obedience. How much of what you have heard and read and been taught are you putting into practice? Are you applying in your life? If we're going to build a firm foundation, we need to hear God's word. We need to spend time in God's word, and then we need to put it into practice. We need to live it out if we're going to build a firm foundation. The second thing is this. We have God's word. 
that we build on, and secondly, we build our lives on God's people. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 18. He says this, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this foundation, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overcome it. You see, the church, it's not a, it's not a building. It's not the chapel, it's not the student building, it's not the worship center. The church isn't a worship service, like what we do on Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. The church is not an event that we put on. It's not a program that we do. The church is God's people. And Jesus says that the church, God's people, isn't going anywhere. But he says that that's a guarantee, that's a promise that we can count on. And because of that, because God's church is not going anywhere, his people aren't going anywhere, it provides a foundation for our life, something that we can anchor our lives to. Listen to what 1 Peter chapter 2 says. Peter writes this, As you come to him, talking about Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, students, each of us are building our life on what Jesus has already laid. We're building our life on the foundation that Jesus has laid for us. And our lives as believers, they are part of something so much greater, so much bigger than just ourselves. Peter says that our lives are these stones that are being built on this foundation. And we can anchor our lives to this foundation as we come together with other believers. Because as followers of Jesus, we were never meant to follow him on our own. We were always meant to be anchored to the community, always meant to be anchored to the church, to the people of God. God has laid this foundation, which is Jesus. And on this foundation, we are building God's kingdom. You see, students, you need the church, and the church needs you. Like, the church needs you. Like, God has uniquely equipped you with certain passions and gifts and talents and skills that he is wanting to use. And you need the church. You need believers in your life. You need people to come alongside you and encourage you and support you in your faith. You need to anchor your life. You need to build your life on the foundation of the church, God's people. So we build our life on, on God's word. We build our life on God's people. And finally, number three, we can build our life, lay the foundation on God's promises. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter says this. It says, his divine power, talking about God, has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, catch this, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in his divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Peter says that God has given us great and precious promises. Promises 
that we can anchor our lives in. Promises that we can find our identity in. Promises that we can put our, our hope in. Promises that are, are, are secure and lasting. And you see, God's promises, they're different than the promises that, that we find in this world. Because we make promises and we don't always keep them, right? Like how many of you have ever had somebody break a promise to you, okay? How many of you have ever broken a promise you've made to somebody, okay? You see, even when we have the best intentions, even when we mean well, even when we really are promising something, we're not able to always follow through on that. Because sometimes things happen outside of our control. Sometimes we, we change our minds. Sometimes that the, the circumstances just change and we're not able to follow through on that promise. But listen, students, God's promises are not that way. God's promises cannot change. God's promises he cannot turn back on. If God has promised something, it is guaranteed. It is certain. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For no matter how many promises God has made, and God has made a lot of promises in his word, they are yes in Christ, meaning that they are guaranteed in Jesus. You can take them to the bank. You can count on them. They are guaranteed. They are lasting. They are certain. And what are some of these promises? So if we have these great and precious promises from God, what are they? What are these promises that we can anchor our lives to? You can anchor your life to the fact that God loves you unconditionally. Like God's love for you is not dependent upon how well you follow the rules, how well you do in school, how proud your parents are of you, how athletic you are, how you feel about your appearance. God's love is unconditional, meaning it is not based on anything that you do or that you offer. God loves you not because of who you are. God loves you because of who he is. Like that's a promise that you can root your life in. That's a promise that's guaranteed. Here's another promise, that you are a child of God. Like if you've placed your faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us that God has adopted you into his family. And look, I, I don't know what kind of family you come from. Maybe your family is really dysfunctional. Hey, 10th graders, 11th graders back here. Maybe your family is really dysfunctional. Maybe your family's really broken and fractured. But God says that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been adopted into his family. You are a child of God and you are a co-heir with Jesus, meaning that everything that is due to Jesus you get to benefit from as well. That's a promise from God that you can anchor your life in. Here's one more. Your future is secure. If you look around at our world today, like there is a lot of uncertainty. There are a lot of things happening outside of our control. There are a lot of things that, that don't seem clear and secure in our life. But if you have placed your faith in Jesus if you have built your life on the promises of God, then your future is certain. Your future is secure. You know where you will spend eternity if you have placed your faith in Jesus. God has given us these great and precious promises. Promises 
that you can build your life on. And so I just ask again, and what are you building your life on? What kind of foundation are you establishing for your life? Are you establishing a, a fragile, shaky foundation that one day when the storm comes, it's going to crash all around you? Or are you building your life on a firm foundation? God's word, God's people, God's promises that we can anchor our life to. Now, before we wrap up tonight, I just want to leave you with, with one, one last passage and, and, and just a few, few thoughts in Philippians chapter 1, and what Paul writes here just kind of encompasses just a lot of the, the thoughts and emotions I've been, been having over the last couple of weeks. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. He who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion. You know, for the past six years, God has done a good work here in the, in the student ministry. Um, I've actually got a, a picture of our first Christmas party uh, when I got here. So <clears throat> all of these students... All of these students have now graduated, but this was about three months into me being here. I just had middle school at the time, and this is what a, a Wednesday night looked like for us. We met in the MPC, which is probably the worst building on, on campus. It's awful. Um, we had no music. Like, there was no worship team, no band. We would do, like, a 45-minute game just to kill time. Uh, I think we had, like, five volunteers on Wednesday night. And on staff, it was me and Mindy full-time and Morgan helping out part-time. And, and this is, this is kind of how things started. And now six years later, you know, this is what, what God has done. This is what um, the good work that, that God has, has accomplished here. And listen, over the past six years, we've seen a lot of students who have made uh, life-changing, eternity-changing decisions for, for Jesus We've seen a lot of students who have grown up completely disconnected from church, no idea about faith in Jesus, and they've been invited on a Wednesday night and had their life changed. We've seen a lot of students follow Jesus in baptism. We've seen a lot of students make a huge impact and difference for Jesus at their school. We've seen students um, who have surrendered their life to full-time ministry and are pursuing that now. Like God has done an incredible work, and that work has not been about me or built on me or really had anything to do with me, which is why I have a lot of confidence in what Paul says here, that God is going to continue that good work to completion. Like, God's not done with Bellshole Student Ministry. God is just starting what he's doing here in the student ministry. God is going to continue that work to completion here in the student ministry and in your lives as well. So students, I, I just want to say to you, as my last night as, as your student pastor, just what an incredible joy and, and privilege it has been 
to, to serve as a student pastor here. Like the last six years have been the best six years of my life. And I'm not just saying that, I, I truly mean that. Like being able to be a part of your life, being able to teach you God's word, being able to hang out with you outside of church, being a part of your families, being a part of your life, it has been an incredible joy. And although I'm, I'm, I'm transitioning into this new role and I won't be here on Sundays, I won't be here on Wednesdays, look, I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm not going to Texas. Like, we're not changing houses. We're not changing churches. Um, I'm looking forward to, to being a part of Movement Weekend and camp just as a counselor, not being responsible for anything, just getting to, to hang out with, with the students. So, listen, if you ever need anything, like, I'm not gone. Feel free to reach out. Like, I want to continue to be a part of your lives. To our, to our leaders, our, our volunteers, man, you, you are incredible. And what you have meant to, to Brooke and I, it's, I, I, I can't really put it in the words, but just the constant support and encouragement and, and love um, that we have felt from you, it, it has made ministry, when ministry can be, be really hard, it has made ministry bearable knowing that we have people in our corner. Like, I've never had to wonder or question, do our leaders, do our volunteers have our back? You have been such a constant uh, just encouragement and support system to us. I appreciate the way you've loved on our students, the way that you have led them so well. I appreciate the way you've loved on our kids, Monroe and Lennox. That's such a blessing to us. And, you know, some of you, you've been... You've been serving with me since my first Sunday, my first Wednesday night. You've been doing this for, for five or six years with me. Um, some of you, you're, you're newer to the team. Some of you, actually a lot of you, are former students. And the fact that you're now back serving, to me, is just the, the greatest compliment of what our student ministry is all about, the difference that it makes that you experience the student ministry, and then you turn around and you invest back into it. So leaders, just thank you for, for just the, the, the love and the encouragement, man, that you've provided to us. So yeah, let's make some, some noise for our leaders. And then finally, now I've got to give a special shout out to the people who have worked with me. Uh, because working with me is very different than volunteering for me. And uh, the people who have worked with me over the years, they've put up with a lot. They have put up a lot with a lot. They've been very gracious. Um, they have seen me grow from a 24-year-old in his first ministry role who had no clue what he was doing, was not qualified, really had no business being in this position to hopefully somebody who knows kind of what they're, they're doing now. But they have been so gracious. And, and, and let me tell you, being able to do what you love alongside people that you love, being able to do what you love alongside your closest friends in life, like there is nothing better than that. Like showing up at work, seeing people who you spend time with outside of work that you love, that you care about, and getting to pour your lives together into something like the student ministry. Like I've never had to wonder, does the student staff, do they care as much as I do? They've been just as passionate, just as committed as I am. Um, and, and, and let me just, I just want to recognize their, their names tonight. Uh, we've got Morgan, who has been serving with me for pretty much my entire time here. We've got uh, John, 
John has had a lot of different roles. John was like a unofficial, unpaid intern as a high school student, and I had to fire him because he was just being an idiot. Um, and then he came on staff as an actual intern for three years, and now he's serving on staff full-time as our student and kids associate, but I've been able to work alongside him pretty much since I got here. We can make some noise for, for him. We've got Brittany Cannon. And Brittany came on staff, uh, I think the end of, was it 18 or 19, Brittany? The end of 19, so she's been on staff with us for over three years now. Former student and plays such a, a critical, critical role for us. Uh, then we have Jonathan Willis. Where's Jonathan at? <laughs> 